Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about bit identity. You may not know it, but you have had a ton of identities throughout your life. You may call them cycles, phases, characteristics, who you were at that point in time, but really, it's just your identity at that point in time. Today, I want to talk about the history of fit identity, how it relates to me, the phases that I went through to get to where I am today, to get to fit identity, what it is today. And I just kind of want to give that to you so you can look back on where you were to what you have involved in today. And more notably, understand that wherever you are today, you can evolve that into whatever vision you have in your head of yourself and bring it to life into your fit identity. So let's begin. Let's just talk it out. I'm Mike Karpenko. I'm your host. I believe in three major pillars, thinking, eating, and moving, and doing them at a quality level. And this show is going to be all about that, bringing that to you, whether it's an education, a training, or a tool that you guys can use to help yourselves in your own fit identity and achieving that. Let's talk. Where did it all start? Well, you know, we all are newborns, and as a newborn, we don't really have an identity other than what was given to us, right? We've got a name, we've got what our parents put on us, whatever color they want to put on us, we've got whatever, you know? It just is what it is. We're just kind of like a mush bag that everybody wants to be like, you're so cute, and we know we're probably not cute, and that we're just like kind of like flesh and bones and something spitting up and pooping everywhere, right? Like that's our newborn stage where we have no cognizance whatsoever of what our identity is other than we're just taking everything in. And then we move into this phase of childhood and childhood is when we start to be able to speak and walk and run. You know, we get to think, eat and move almost at a level that we're starting to understand. And that identity is something that is given again from outside forces, but then we're also able to like articulate even at that level who we are and who we want to be. You know, we've got, you know, we could be one of those people that, you know, we're more stubborn or we're loud or we're quiet or we seem to be more intelligent than most people right? Like there's, there's a few of us out there. I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but there are some kids where you're like, wait a minute, how's that person too? And playing the piano. They're amazing. So you go through that phase where you're in this, you know, kind of, I'm taking in everything that's around me and I don't cognitively know it, but I am creating an identity because these are the patterns that I enjoy doing, or this is what I gravitate to. We've got that identity and that could constantly change. But then we also have some major foundational qualities that we end up having. Then we move into that teenage year and puberty hits, right? Like that's where I first start to remember where I'm at with, you know, with being able to start to understand how inside forces and outside forces begin to meet and have a push-pull, have chaos, have tornadoes, uh, have conversations. And for me, my teenage years, I noticed that late to puberty, I noticed that although I had a love for sports and fitness, I was smaller than most people. I was thinner than most people, but I was more athletic than most of the kids that were around me. And in that process, um, even as a childhood identity, I gravitated towards soccer. 
And that was my sport of choice. I loved basketball. I played every sport. That was my thing. Um, I will say this. Parents, if you want your kids to be involved in sports, make sure that you have all the equipment at your house so that all the neighborhood kids can come to your house. And that's what it was like for me growing up. We had it all. You name it, we had it all up until I was 10. And then I moved. And we could talk about that story another day. But up until I was 10, I had a pool. I had a, uh, I had a soccer field. Um, I played baseball, kickball, soccer, basketball, everything you could ever imagine. I just wanted to be outside and never wanted to be inside. Funny story. I had one of the first video games. I uh, found a way to earn the money to get the video games. And it had Pong on it. If any of you guys remember that, you're old. You're like me. Um, And it was brand new. I never played it. Like I was always outside. Like it was, you know, the exact opposite of what uh, today has evolved into with kids is penalize a child today, make them go outside, you know, penalize a child or back then it was like, make them stay indoors. It's, it's just inverted at this stage. So I had the very first video game, but uh, I gravitated towards soccer. And I think at that stage I understood, not cognitively, you know, but I understood that I loved soccer for the skill the team aspect of it and the ability that I could win personally. So let's cover the first thing. Skill was something I was able to practice and get great at. And that was something that it size did not matter at that point in time. Um, it was just like, yeah, all the kids are the same size generally. Um, and if I was fast enough, skilled enough, then I would be good enough to play in it and I would stand out. So that was number one. Number two, it's a team sport. It's one of the first foundational lookbacks as I look as a piece of my identity today. It's why I like to help people, why I, why I picked a team sport. I want the whole team to do well. I want the success for others. Not only me, don't get me wrong, I want to win, but I don't want to win alone. I don't want people to look and go, I wish I could be him. I wish I had what he had. I wish I had the opportunities that he had. So having a team sport for me was a really big deal. Soccer was that. And then there was, oh, well, I also can excel at it. If I take the position that I play, I can be the best player at that position and I can be really good at it. And that's kind of like why I gravitated to soccer in general. And in that piece of my identity, I I loved it, right? I was on equal playing field in my childhood, kind of teenage years until puberty. As puberty hits into this identity, I am now not growing. My friends are getting bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, I am shorter, thinner, still fast and skilled, maybe more skilled than some, but some are more skilled than me. I think that's a fair assessment. And it was a shot from outside forces to inside forces to look around and feel as though there was no evolution to me, to my identity. I was just watching people grow. And I wouldn't say that I was like, oh, they're growing because that's just not what a teenage kid thinks they're growing i'm not growing in general um i didn't think that like i was carving out my identity as a 13 year old that just wasn't happening but i definitely was feeling the pressure of not being bigger stronger and faster you know they were sleeveless shirts off i was in high school and i was wearing three t-shirts this is a true story three t-shirts often two but three t-shirts to look bigger Yeah, 
just insane. Um, but that's, that's where I was at was I wanted to be bigger, stronger, faster. And I didn't feel that I was living up to any type of identity that I wanted to have. And, you know, it was a tough place for me, high school. It, it really was. And I had to be like, what am I going to do about this? And I didn't know. And there is nothing more chaotic and just a punch in the face, really, you know, and more fearful when you don't know how to fix something that you want to fix desperately. And when you think that things aren't going to change, like this is just who I am. I'm the shorter person. And I'm sure it works the other way, right? Like I'm sure when you look at any kid's identity, they could be like, so I'm the heavy person. So I'm the taller person. So I'm the girl with the guys or I'm the guy with the girls or, you know, whatever it may be. It's just this world of you feel like there's not going to be an answer to evolving yourself at all. It's just like, that's where I am. And why are it? Why is everybody else moving? And that's kind of like where I felt. And it it was tough for me as as I, I got through college. And even like you can hear me stutter in my voice because I think back and I'm like, man, that was freaking, man, that sucked um, to have that unknowing feeling, unsettling feeling and worthless feeling. I, th- I think that's what it is, really. There you go. I think it was, you know, a worth feeling. Like I just didn't feel any self-worth as everybody else evolved I felt as though I was stationary with who I was and that phase of my identity was a tough one as I went into college still played soccer loved it was really good at it um, and still wanted my team to win like that was always my number one thing how do I help the team win how do I help the team win but how do I play well how do I get recognized how do I be the man you know that was always a big deal for me and I had no idea during then how to get bigger, stronger, or faster. It just, we didn't have the internet back then. I'm an older guy. Um, you know, we had books, you had to read them, and you had to figure out what was good, bad, and different. And um, there was no rhyme, no reason. So uh, I'm in college. The one thing that I gravitated towards was hey, how can I take everything that I need to take towards my college degree in exercise physiology, kinesiology, about the body? How do I? How do I learn all of that? At the same time, my dad gave me the advice of, hey, dude, if you're going to go to college, go to college, you can get, uh, you know, get a degree where you understand numbers. You know, if you understand numbers with the personality that you have, Mike, you're always going to be an asset to any company that you work for because you're going to understand the flow of money, the flow of numbers, why business acts the way that it is. And then you're going to have this giant personality that people are going to be like, dude, how are you able to put both those things together? So I went in, you know, with a uh, with a focus on business, but really my heart was in this physical fitness and in, in kinesiology and anatomy and learning the body. So honestly, so I could get bigger, stronger and faster just because I felt slighted. So that was kind of like my identity was like this lost identity, this driven identity and focused on what I wanted to be able to do. And then it was also an identity of educating myself, being consistent. Like if I didn't have the knowledge, I wouldn't be able to then evolve myself in any way I wanted. And I say evolve, like I knew the word evolve back then. I didn't. I just wanted to be better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be bigger, stronger, and faster. And I knew if I didn't know it, that I wouldn't end up making that happen. So enter into college and, you know, uh, I end up getting out and, 
I end up, you know, eventually in California where I am now, which I absolutely love, even though it's chaos. I mean, I still love California, even though it's not the original place that I moved to years and years ago. I still love California. It's it's home to me. As much as Western upstate New York was home, I knew the day I set, stepped on the soil here that it was a piece of my, like, I, I felt like I was home with a bunch of other people like me. Like I felt like it was the land of the misfits where my skateboard hair, my weird, you know, clothes that I wore, my soccer attitude, uh, you know, and my beach, my love for the water. I'm like, I'm home. So I'm here in California and, um, I am working for a, uh, I'm working for a company that delivers food to people every day. It is a fitness company. It's, uh, it was a zone perfect. It was a zone diet company. A lot of celebrities. I was running it, to be honest with you. I was running the company that, uh, was based out of LA and the whole time I'm thinking about how do I fix me and how do I do the things that I need to be able to do. Um, and in the past, I will say this, this transition, let me just back it up for a second. So I get out of college and one of the things I do is I start trying to apply this knowledge that I think I know, right? And oh man, it's just nuts. Like I am in Florida living at the time and I'm trying to figure out how to get bigger, stronger and faster. And here I am, I'm taking advice from all the guys that are bigger, stronger and faster. And one of them's like, dude, you just got to eat more, eat more. And I'm like, okay, whatever I need. So I bought this stuff called, you know, I think weight gain 5,000, which was like 5,000 calories or a thousand calories. I don't really remember. And I would set my alarm for midnight every night and I would get up and I would go downstairs and I would make a shake with ice cream and protein. And sometimes I'd add that extra scoop because that's what Americans do. That is what we do. You tell us to take one, we might take two. We might even take, you know, you know, if we're okay, we take a half. So it's one and a half. But generally, we take more than what's on the canister or the jar or whatever. So I am taking that every night at midnight and then going back to bed, waking up, not gaining a pound. I'm like, I'm like, I know, I read, I'm an ectomorph. If you don't know what an ectomorph, it's just somebody that eats and burns everything. And it's just kind of a thin person. So I'm this ectomorph and I'm, you know, I'm like, what else can I do? Another friend suggests you got to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like all day. So I'm like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. So I buy a loaf of bread and what I would do is I'd make the whole loaf as peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'd stick it in the refrigerator and I made a commitment to myself that every time I went into the kitchen that I would eat this peanut butter and jelly sandwich, no matter what. If I went in the kitchen, you had to eat. So I got into that phase. So I'm waking up at midnight and then I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I'm just like, none of this works. But as I look back, it gives me this foundation of how I became committed to my word and focused on if I said something, really be consistent with it, you know? And, and I think that those were the two things. Be, be consistent and be committed to your word. And those are two of the foundational bricks that I have in my identity today that I don't budge on. I'm consistent. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And if you say you're going to do it and you don't do it, it 
irks me. It does. I just can't get by that. But, and I'm sure some of you guys out there that are listening are like, yeah, I totally, it irks me too when people do that. And, um, then it went, you know, it, it, it got me into this place of, you know, moving on to California where, you know, I was before and I'm jumping back into it. And I'm in California running this company and, you know, I am concentrated on myself and, you know, I'm at the gym. True story. I had Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia that a friend gave to me and said, dude, this is what you need to do to get bigger. So I literally went back into um, uh, my closet and brought it out and I took it to the gym with me. And I would work out based on what Arnold Schwarzenegger said to do. And I would have tabs in it and highlights in it. And, you know, I was that person in, uh, I think it was 24-hour fitness at the time. And I'm just that person with this giant encyclopedia walking around. Meanwhile, here is a, uh, a an hilarious thing. My buddy, who used to be an architect, sends me this book, this little booklet. It was like literally, I think it was like on Post-it notes, but he made it into a booklet. And it was a stick figure. He sends me a uh, a small thing that says do it and be large and it was literally a bunch of moves that you would just turn this thing over and it would show like all these moves that would make me large and so i had those two things and you know i don't think i ever used do it and be large but it was pretty incredible uh little booklet i wish i still had it to this day because that's how obsessed i was with changing this identity of being shorter, you know, I mean, it wasn't short at this time, but uh, being thinner and less muscular and not bigger and stronger than everybody else around me. And I was like, oh, dang, man. But meanwhile, here I am, you know, I am trying all the supplements. I'm eating as much as I possibly can. I'm in Arnold Schwarzenegger sports, you know, his encyclopedia. And, you know, I'm working for a health and fitness company. And you could see, Health and fitness has become part of my identity and who I am. It, you know, yep, I knew numbers. Yep, I knew business. Yep, I knew all that stuff. But my passion was literally health and fitness. And at first, it was about me. And then I ended up getting another job with a company that made in-home fitness programs. And um, I had no idea what this company was. And I got a call one day and said, hey, we need somebody to review food journals and would you be interested? It's a program that we're doing and it's for in-home use and we need somebody to review food journals for a group of people that are testing the program. And I was like, yeah, whatever, maybe. And that's where I started with that company. And in that process of being in that company, uh, I ended up being full-time. Right, and I took a full time position rather than just doing this project. And in that process, I remember that my job at that point in time was to assemble people that would test programs that would be released into the public and sold for public consumption on DVDs. And I was excited, I was like, This is the greatest thing ever! I'm helping people get healthy and fit. I am working in a fitness business again. I feel as though I'm on top of the world. I, I couldn't be happier. Like I was like, this is going to be it for me. And I remember there was a program that we had and I had to assemble 60 people to get together. And in assembling these 60 people, 
you know, I ended up getting them to come to a class that, you know, we would, uh, instructors would do either me or, you know, the trainer of the program would do. And we are going through it, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And part of this process is an interesting process. After about 30 days when you're committed to something, something that you're hyper committed to that you haven't been committed to in the past was the fact that you would see results. And normally we would pick people that we knew that would get some level of results. And what I remember is after 30 days in one of the programs, I would do talks, right? right? I would be... I, I would stay before, I would literally be there 30 minutes before or I would be there 30 minutes after or if I taught and if I didn't teach, I would be there and then I would answer all of their questions no matter what it was. And I used to use this funny thing. I used to talk constipation, menstruation and participation. Those were the three hurdles that most people had in, uh, in these test groups and, you know, and then results and how to get them their results based on whatever they needed. So I remember having a talk with people and I knew that a milestone in these groups was your first 30 days. And usually you gain some momentum and you get some outside affirmation. And what happens in that outside uh, affirmation is you start to feel more confident, more empowered and feel good about yourself. Well, here's the conversation that I have at 30 days is that I understand that you're getting that. I understand that you look good. But here's the thing. When you came to me, you weren't happy. When you came to me, you were in a place that wasn't good for you. And I know that you're feeling better about yourself. And this is what you ultimately wanted. But we still have 60 days left. And I want you to consider that this is the opportunity to leave the identity that you had behind when you first met me and evolve into a new identity. But in order to do that, you've got to be willing to say goodbye to the patterns, the habits, the characteristics, to some of them that made you who you were before. Because you have this vision of yourself that was in your brain of whatever it is, happiness, looks, abs, muscles, uh, feeling, confidence, you know, how you feel in a pair of jeans, whatever you look like, whatever it is, you have this person that you want to be able to be, that you have a vision of. And if you stop doing the behaviors that you're doing right now and go back to the past behaviors, you're not going to become that. You're going to cycle right back to that old version of yourself. And a lot of people would look at me and go, but I really want my beers, Mike, and I want my hamburgers, and I want my cheeseburgers, and I want all these things that I used to do, and you know, I'm refrained, and I feel restricted. And they were right. You know, they were definitely restricted in that world. But what I don't think they understood at that point in time, and neither did I, in all fairness, was, wow, they needed to give up just some of the patterns that they were doing, whether it was negative self-talk, whether it was eating too much, whether it was not eating at all. But they needed to give up some of that to leave what they brought to me behind. And that was always one of the biggest things for me was understanding that. And as I had that conversation and I looked around this group and I remember where I was when I said this, I literally had said, 
you got to be willing to give up the identity you had when you first met me so that you can have the identity that's in your head and that you're living out now. Your potential is so much bigger than when we first met. And I remember walking out of there that day going, that's it. That's the key to all of it. Is being okay, leaving the identity you once had and growing into the identity that you want. And that was exciting for me. Because there I was thinking, wow, I get to help people. I'm going to change identities. I'm not going to change how they look. I'm going to change who they are. And that was always my goal going forward. No matter what. Sure, I wanted them to look better. Especially back then, it was, a, you know, it was, it was definitely a driving point. But I wanted a better life for them. I wanted a better identity. I didn't want them to get fit and not stay fit. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I want. They're where I once was. Wanting something, having a vision. And I have some of the tools that could help them. And I'm not even going to continue to think any different other than that was life changing for me. Knowing that I worked so hard on myself that I did all the things that I needed to do for me and that I knew it wasn't one dimensional but it was multi-dimensional and it started right then and there. And that was back in, gosh man, 2006, 2007 and I'll tell you what, the reinforcer was, I had a guy in my group, and I want to just tell this quick story because it, it's a big one. It, it solidified everything. I had a guy in my group, and he was like, hey, Mike, you know, I really need to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, I get it. You know, he's like, no. And he was one of those guys that are constantly you know, asking you for something. And you're like, I get it. Because you have those in the group, people that don't ask you anything, people that ask you some things, and people that ask you everything. He was an everything guy, older gentleman, and uh, he goes, I, I just need to talk to you. And I go, okay, okay, I get it, dude. And uh, I think the week before he may have asked me about constipation or something, and I'm like, oh God, more. So I go, can I just teach, and then I'll come back and I'll talk to you. And I did, and he said, hey, I just wanted to say thank you. And I'm like, no, man, thank you. I go it's all about you. And he's like, no, no, man, this is about you, dude. This is not about me. And I'm like, no. And it was one of always my, my, my go-tos is that it was never me. I'm a tool. Use me for whatever you want to do. But I was just a conduit for you to be able to get to where you want to get in your fitness and your health. I didn't do it. You did the work. And he said, says to me, no, here's what I want you to know. He goes, when I signed up to do this group, I lived life inside of my home. And I used to watch life through the window. I'd watch people walk their dogs. I'd watch people ride their bikes. And I would just sit and watch life happen, knowing that life was not happening inside my home. And I was taken back, like literally floored. And he goes, you made it so that I could live life outside. 
you made it so that I could no longer look out the window, but I would be outside the window. You cared that much about me, Mike. He goes, and that's who I am today. He goes, I got a girlfriend now. He's like, I, I goes, I ride my bike here instead of taking my car. You know, I go to the beach on, on the weekends and I am just looking at this guy like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. I'm like, he's a whole different person. This is not the same guy that walked in and interviewed and said, hey, I'd really like to be in this program. And at that point in time, it was another eye-opening moment for me to know that I have this skill set to get inside people's heads, get them to notice their vision, and then get them to be consistent to bringing that vision into their life. Like literally bring it to life. And that's when I started to go, that's fit identity. That dude's got a fit identity. That guy's got a fit identity, man. Like that's it. That's it. And I never put it together into anything. Like I wasn't like, hey, let's make a course and let's sell it. And hey, you know, I just started to brand myself as fit identity right then and there. It's like on my suitcases, it's my luggage, you know, it's on my ski stuff or my snowboard stuff. It's on my golf bag. It's on everything. And I just started to put it together. And people to this day, you know, would be like, you know, not to this day, but people would be like, what's fit identity? What's fit identity? It's, hey, I go, it's just the way I live my life with a fit identity. And um, it, it that was a birth of it right then and there as I, you know, came through into, you know, out of college, into work, then it grew into my life. Like that was just the next identity for me was my fit identity. Like that's me. That's where I'm at now in my life. And I started to adopt that in my coaching and in my mentoring and talking to people and even just my friends, like wanting the best for them and thinking, what are the ways that I can help you? And one of the biggest things for me too was thinking, how do I help people? And I can't be all over the place. And what does fit identity really mean? And to me, it meant only three things. Think well, eat with quality, and move more. That was my whole thing. Think, eat, move. That's all it was. I need to help people with the way that they think. I need to help people with the way that they eat. And I need to help people move. And I could put any word in front of that and all three of those words and it worked. Think, eat, move. I want to inspire you to think better. I want to inspire you to move better. I want to impact you to eat better. I could do anything with that. And it made it simplistic enough for people to begin to think about. Those are the three pillars for you to live your life by. Think, eat, move. Because you can think really well about yourself and about others, about your community, about your health, about your fitness, your finances, and then you can move towards them in any way, shape, or form with systems, programming, program, strategy. And then you had to fuel yourself. You had to eat good which means you had to educate because that was fuel, right? Education is fuel. You had to eat well because if you're not alive, 
and you're not going to be able to do well. So that whole entireness, if you would, was fit identity. And that's how it all got born into the fit identity. And it just came into the world of saying, how do I continuously get people to think? Get that? Think. How do I get people to think that regardless of what their current fit identity is, that they may have a vision inside their head that they want to bring to life and that they can constantly evolve it. And that excited me. To be like, no matter who you are, what you are, the way you look, the way you feel, you can always evolve it. You can become Fit Identity 2.0, 3.0, 3.1, 3.5, whatever you wanted to be able to do, you could evolve that. And that came from even a bigger picture of understanding that we all had our own Fit Identity DNA, you know, our fitness and health DNA, and that there were certain things that made up our DNA. And there were dots, you know, that made up our DNA. And those dots were characteristics and habits and patterns. And that we were able to get rid of some of those dots. And we were able to add some of those dots to create new DNA for ourselves. To create new fit identities. And I'll tell you, that's where I stand today. Is knowing that no matter who comes to me, whoever wants to change their identity, their fitness identity, their health identity, you can do it. It takes consistency. It takes focus. It takes action, willingness, being coachable. It takes it. It takes it all. It doesn't take one thing. And you have to look at, you know, think, eat, and move that you can't overthink. You can't overeat. You can't overmove. Nor can you under do any of those things either. And that was the idea of the logo to be like, hey, how do I find something that intertwines? Because they all have a relationship to each other, all three of those. You can't not affect the other two by doing the one. And that was a big deal. That was a huge part of what I wanted to encompass in Fit Identity is that your actions in one impact the other two. And too much of one hurts the other two. And it doesn't allow you to evolve. So that was the growth of the the logo. The birth of the logo, per se, was to say, look, it needs to intertwine because they're in constant relationship to each other. It's fit identity because you have this ability to evolve your fitness and your health. And that's who you are. And the way that you're going to do that, through thinking, eating, and moving. And we would choose what would be best for you, or we would look at what is best for you, and you would choose what would be best for you with your own personal goals, where you wanted to head, the success that you wanted to have. We're going to be specific to you. And that was the birth and the story of Fit Identity. And where it came from. So now with this podcast where it's at. And the show. And the YouTube channel. And the Instagram. And all that good stuff. The social media. Right? It's about helping you guys. Educating. Inspiring. Impacting. Entertaining you. With thinking. Eating. And moving. So that you too can bring. The vision that you have inside of your head. To life.
That is the fit identity. And I'm excited about bringing on guests. I'm excited about bringing on my friends. I'm excited to bring on old clients, like all kinds of people to talk about their fit identity, where they're at, how they achieved it, to help you guys see that anything you want to do is possible, that you can evolve yourself. That, you guys, is fit identity. So until the next episode, like, share this. I hope that this inspires you guys to get up, to move, to start. If you need help moving, starting, to thinking better, hit me up. Let's talk. Let's figure out a way that I I can be involved in your decision-making process to make yourself a more fit identity.